Sprite fans at home can tell that we are um, sipping on the winter spiced cranberry Sprite. <laughs> of course. No kidding. Alrighty. Okay, so we'll, I'll go ahead and frame it. Um, <laughs> Paint a picture. So um, here in front of us, we have a pot of tequila and then a big glass of Sprite to chase it with. Because we're very confident podcasters. No kidding. We have nothing to be nervous about. No kidding. No crutches in use here, you know? This is this is just us, unbridled. All right, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Ready? Cheers. Cheers. Oof. Wow. Oof. But uh, the, spr the Sprite went to your cranberry. Right? <laughs> no kidding. I think it's excellent. <laughs> You need some more tequila. God. Well, just you know, for continuity's sake, I think last time we were two tequila shots in, so yeah. um Oh, do you hear that? Did That's you the sound that? of um Actually we won't do any product placement except for no, Sprite. Except for Sprite. We've actually made a pivot on this podcast that it's a Sprite <laughs> podcast now. And it is a Sprite podcast. <laughs> Alright, cheers. cheers. Ooh. Oh my god. That second mm. one did not go down easy. For the listeners at home, one time I took a tequila shot right in front of <laughs> Olivia and then immediately threw up all <laughs> over myself. This was the first time I had seen Kelby in like four months. Yeah, it had been a while and so I really wanted to make an impression. You can rest assured that if that ever happens, we'll get it on the podcast. <laughs> and we will. And we'll leave that audio. And we will. For all of you audiophiles. <laughs> Who love that audio file? I'm not even sure what that is. I'll do a quick Google search. Okay. I have to burp. <laughs> so just, just everyone know it's coming. <laughs> well, now I'm burp shy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But now I have to burp. So. <laughs> An audiophile is a person who is enthusiastic about high fidelity sound reproduction. This is about I do not know what high fidelity is. The reproduction of sound with little distortion, giving a very similar, oh, giving a result very similar to the original. Mm. Okay. Well, what have we covered so far? We've covered our Sprite, <laughs> we've covered uh, Google Two Words. And we have. Um, um, and then... And now we're here, everyone. No kidding. Well, I'm getting nervous because our whole podcast is about <laughs> how to make a great playlist. And in the second episode, we're giving away all of our trade secrets. All of the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we'll just give you... You know, like five steps, but we saved the fifth one until the last episode, and then you'll have to listen through all of them. So you're really gonna have to follow along for the whole journey. No kidding, because we're gonna have a lot of inside jokes by the fifth one, and mm -hmm. you're gonna need to have listened to the third and fourth uh, just to make sure that you get them all. You know. Yeah, and I mean, if you're not here for the playlist content, you gotta come for the sprite content. No kidding, because I mean, next time we might have a different kind of sprite. Or we might have the same exact kind of sprite. <laughs> we only really buy one kind of sprite. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a huge sprite drinker, but. <laughs> But you're gonna edit out every time we say Sprite, right? Um, to give no free product placement. Maybe yeah, you could do course. like a, like a bleep, you know, over the, um, or every time we say Sprite. Yeah, no, I like that. Oh, how unprofessional. Sure. <laughs> you wanna put Atlee on the podcast? I'd love to, hold on. Okay. <laughs> hey, Atlee, you're oh. live on our podcast. I'm what? 
You're live on the podcast. Um, while you're here, I'd love to know um, your position on the Sprite Winter Spriced Cranberry Sprite. Um, I don't know if I've had the Winter Cranberry Sprite, but I don't think it sounds that good, if I'm being honest. Wow, controversial. See, folks, we like to get it from all angles. I've heard the sugar-free version is really good, though, so... Hmm. Well, maybe I, something to try. Yeah. Maybe we'll have the sugar-free version on the next episode of the podcast. <laughs> no kidding. Well, we're actually filming the next episode of the podcast directly after this one. <laughs> so maybe for like the the fourth or the Perfect. fifth. Yeah. So in a few episodes, maybe you'll have a new sprite. <laughs> All right. True. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining. Can yeah. I call you back later? I, we actually are. I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> I'm excited to listen to it. Um, and yes, you can. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Well, that was just our first guest that we've ever had on the podcast. Kelly, how do you feel our first inter- interview segment went? <laughs> um, well, definitely some twists and turns. I was not expecting her to come out swinging with the she thinks it sounds disgusting. Um, yeah, I think she'll just have to try it, you know? No kidding. Um, um, I mean, spiced cranberry with lemon-lime soda. I mean... <laughs> a lot of questions there. A lot of questions there. But it's delicious nonetheless. No kidding. Alright, should we get into yeah, it? Yeah, we probably should. I'm Olivia Kalvik. And I'm Kelby Egbert. And this is How to Make a Great Playlist. So today, like Kelby mentioned, we're going to be talking about all of our trade secrets into how we make our playlists. So Kelby, I was wondering what your process is like for making a playlist. Um, I have probably one of the most convoluted styles of like making a playlist. I do have a bit of a formula that I use. I like to usually do a couple per season so like I don't have like one winter playlist I'll normally have like a couple but they'll be pretty similar and sometimes include a lot of like the same artists or even albums to keep like the vibe kind of cohesive you know I usually start with like two base either like artists or um albums you know if you want to get like more specific into like because I think you know albums kind of maintain a pretty similar vibe and then you can kind of pull from like those roots mm. and like kind of use those to kind of dictate how the rest of your playlist is going to sound. I usually start off with that, but sometimes I can't find two artists, so normally I'll have at least one or I'll start throwing a bunch of random songs on the playlist and kind of start building from there. But I prefer to start out with two albums that I'm pulling from. That makes a lot of sense because I've noticed that like you had a playlist maybe like in like the last few weeks and you played a lot from like willow's new album mm-hmm. and i was like really like loving it was like a very clear influence that i could tell and i was really loving that like and like it flowed with like the rest of the music really well mm-hmm. a weird thing that happens which i don't know like if there's some theory behind this mm-hmm. is that normally when i'm trying to match the vibe of like a playlist i'll choose like those top two albums you know and then the rest like the album 
art will actually match like mm. so a lot of my playlists will look like it's like color coded because it'll have like a lot of repeating colors mm -hmm. which i mean you know if i'm pulling a lot of like kind of dark and gloomy music like for there to be kind of a dark and gloomy like color scheme kind of mm -hmm. makes sense right but it is interesting i'm like sometimes shocked with how well like all the colors match there's a lot of like repeating like it'll be like two like white album covers and then like a red one and then like later down you know it'll be like two al white album covers and like a red one or something like that mm -hmm. Which is, like, some really weird, like, coincidences. Like, normally I'm not, like, really looking to do that. It just happens. Right. I feel like that probably, like, speaks to the cohesion of the playlist. But I did notice that because, like, the playlist you were listening to, like, in the last few weeks, I was really, really loving. And I did notice that it had a very, like, blue <laughs> color scheme. And I was like, man, that's crazy. That's really cool. Right? Yeah. Okay, so, like, speaking of cohesion, do you feel like it's important to blend songs together when you're making a playlist, or how do you, like, kind of match a vibe? I really think it's important to blend, like, multiple types of music. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't normally have one genre throughout the whole playlist, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. because, I mean, I listen to, like, a lot of music, and I listen to a lot of different types of mm -hmm. music, and I think it can just get really boring and repetitive mm -hmm. if you're only pulling from like one genre and so i like to experiment with like mixing genres especially genres that like you wouldn't really think to mix right like i've been doing a lot of like in the winter i love kind of more electronic like sounding music i mean i love like heavy synth mm -hmm. i'm like an 80s new wave girl you know i mm -hmm. think it's just some of the best music i love listening to it so kind of like that heavy synth sound i have been mixing like you said like will's new album i've been like mixing with like a lot of like r&b and like that kind of like more electronic you know sounding music that's like a lot more current you know like right. 80s new wave is like you know dead and gone <laughs> so it's like kind of some of those like you know like new orders like blue monday and then like mm -hmm. stuff from will's new album stuff from like what was this new song called a shirt i think shirt. Mm -hmm. yeah. and so i pulled kind of some of those and like they end up like meshing really well mm -hmm. because it's mostly the synth that like mm -hmm. you've kind of got you know as like the driving force when it's two very different kinds of music i think but right. still like a clear like similarity and so they end up like blending really well mm -hmm. in like a co cohesive like playlist and even you can include some of like the newer like bedroom pop or whatever it's called mm -hmm. you know like where that kind of music that kind of sounds like you just kind of mixed it in your room right and so like they use like a, a lot of heavy pop like heavy sorry heavy synth and so you can kind of throw some of that in so that that's a good way to include like some like newer artists as well like you know people that kind of tend to mix their own songs and stuff um i mean the style now is to use like a lot more like synthetic you know like synth sound which i like personally so i was able to include a lot of that in this new playlist so i've also been enjoying this new playlist well excellent i love to hear it so how i kind of make a playlist i think it i i think everyone ends up having like their different a different process for mm -hmm. making a playlist but for me i typically will build off like songs i've been listening to recently so i'll just take i'll like try to build off like the songs i've been really loving recently and typically I do have like very clear vibes of like what I'm listening to. But similar to you, I really love like blending genres. I think R&B is like always my favorite like genre to like try to like blend and see like what you can do with it. Because mm -hmm. I really think it like seriously has like so much range. Like mm -hmm. I think you can do so much like with an R like an R&B like foundation in a playlist. Mm -hmm. um, and then I really think you can build off it because I think like bedroom pop they can like like you were saying can flow really well with them with it i think i really love to like try to like 
blend like rock with R&B. So I have a lot of fun doing that. Um, and I do really, I really do love like R&B. I think I always like tend to go back to that genre. Some like most out of a lot of the genres I listen to. Who are your top artists for R&B? Oh, excellent question. I love, <laughs> I love SZA. I love her. I love Daniel Caesar. I love Frank Ocean. I love like, you know, a lot of like the very popular like R&B mm-hmm. artists. Um, Tiana Taylor is one of my favorites too. I love Tiana Taylor. Um, whatever like that EP she came out with like a couple years ago, like it was like seriously like the most like iconic thing of my whole life. If we're thinking of the same one, I'm pretty sure I had two songs off of like that EP on a particular playlist. Right? Which... It's like the one where she's like, the cover's like, she's like laying on a bed. Uh-huh. Yeah, that yeah. one. It's so good. Dude, it is so good. Yeah. Um, so I think she's so fantastic. I really love her. Okay, so we kind of like both had talked about how we feel like building a playlist can be like making your own album. So I was kind of like wondering, like, how do you feel like building like each of your playlists can be like building like an album like of your own in a sense i feel like i think of it like that because it very much becomes like a signifier of like a certain point in your Mm -hmm. life which i think a lot of albums do too like they are very representative of like kind of what the artist is going through at the time Mm -hmm. and so for me it ends up being a lot of like a kind of an amalgamation as i'm making it of like kind of the media i'm like partaking in like all Mm -hmm. full songs like from movies I'm watching and TV shows I'm watching. So I know like there was one playlist I made where I just like pulled a bunch of songs from like Ginny and Georgia. Um, <laughs> like because I was watching that TV show at the time and I thought it had actually a really great um, soundtrack to it. So mm-hmm. I had pulled a lot of songs from that. But weirdly, I had also already included a lot of like Mm-hmm. songs that were that were on the show that I hadn't like I hadn't seen the show yet and so like I was like oh this song sounds great but it also sounds really familiar and I had already added it to the playlist mm-hmm. so I ended up like just really working out you know well when I was making this playlist I was watching this show or like mm-hmm. this movie but also kind of retroactively like you'll be listening to the playlist so much you know that it'll become like kind of a reminder of like kind of your life at the time mm. like I have one playlist that really only reminds me of like your birthday weekend that we had because we listened yeah. to it so much on that like weekend so like every time i listen to it, i'm like oh olivia's birthday weekend like playlist mm-hmm. and so it just becomes that you know right which i think is great and it becomes like it helps you kind of remember when it was mm-hmm. right i really love to like build because we are both like college students right now and i really love to build playlists based on like semesters and like my favorite thing about it is going back and listening and be like oh my gosh that sounds like like the spring of my sophomore year like that is so crazy i remember like driving like like while we were still like in online classes like driving to like the city brew at 2 p.m to like <laughs> like drink like this huge like red bull coffee situation um and it's just like it's like such like a flush of emotions like back to you and just like memories but i remember you telling me a while back about how you really like to like leave your playlist intact and how you don't really go back and edit them after you're done with them so I was kind of like wondering like why you like to do that but also like how do you know when a playlist is done and like how to stop adding songs to it yeah no that's a really good question I do like to think of playlists as kind of like a time capsule mm-hmm. which I think can be hard because I think different playlists can have like different uses if mm-hmm. that makes sense where like if you just need to keep a playlist around like in case like you have to throw in like a playlist for like a party or something maybe it's better to like keep you know updating that with like newer songs Mm -hmm. but 
for my own personal playlist, like the ones where I have like a really strict formula and like I make them, I think that it's like kind of fun to just like finish making them and then leave them as they are. Mm. Just because it's, you know, I feel like it's more authentic to, like, the music I was listening to at the time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I want to take off a song that I, like, listen to death, you know? Right. And, like, I'm like, if I want to play this playlist, I really don't want to have to listen to this song again because <laughs> I listened to it way too much. But, you know, you can always just skip a song. But, like, leaving it on the playlist, I think, really, like, maintains kind of the integrity of the playlist. Mm-hmm. Especially when I have such a specific formula. And usually, in my formula, kind of later on down in the playlist, I usually do, like, 35 to 37 songs. Usually just, like, a two-hour playlist or something. Mm-hmm. And near the bottom, I normally do another double song where I have, like, two songs from the same album. Mm-hmm. And then I just have a couple songs after that. So, like, one, two, or three songs after that last double. And then pretty much there I like to stop because if I keep like editing it, then it kind of muddles the next playlist where like newer songs that I like better, I want to add to like the playlist that's almost finished instead of starting a new playlist. Mm-hmm. I have kind of an aversion to starting big projects and then every playlist feels kind of like a big project for me. Sometimes I just want to add it to the, the one that's almost done or that I've like almost finished, but always ends up kind of muddling the vibes a little mm-hmm. bit just because it feels less authentic to like the music I'm interested in. Like I feel like I've already finished that playlist and adding like a song that I'm listening, like that I've been listening to post the making of that playlist just really kind of disrupts the time capsule-esque of the playlist. Right, yeah. No, I feel like that's really smart because I remember when you first told me that, I thought, oh my gosh, that is so smart. I wish, like, (laughs) I would have always been doing this because when I look back on, like, some playlists, like, it doesn't necessarily, like, if I've edited them, it doesn't feel authentic to, like, that time. But then when I look back at playlists that I left how it was, I really appreciated it because then it feels way more like a time capsule. And I don't know, I feel like that's so smart to do that because I've always ended up with so much regret when I've like over-edited a playlist. Mm -hmm. So I definitely really like that. I think I learned like that idea when I, like I don't know if you ever had to do like that school project where you like interview like a family member and like Mm, you get their life story and stuff and then you have to like type it out like the transcript or whatever. And like my professor, or she was probably my teacher, my teacher at the time Mm -hmm. was like really insistent that like we do not change like the things that are like, you know, interviewee like says. Like she was like, it's like important that you keep it like authentic to like who they are and like mm-hmm. capturing like their words because like that's what's relevant like in this like instance you know like mm-hmm. if you start like changing their grammar or changing like their sentence structure and stuff like you really lose like them in that process you know right and so i kind of feel like i feel like that about my playlist that like once i start trying to like you know tailor my taste to like what is currently mm-hmm. my taste like you lose a lot of like who you were at that point and mm-hmm. so it, i think that's it's important to like really honor yourself in that way where you're like you know allow like every version of you to like have their like specific music taste and like then it's more interesting to look back at like well what was I actually listening to when I first like moved to college and like (laughs) if it's iron and wine it's iron and wine you know like Mm -hmm. there's nothing to do about that (laughs) right I feel like then you can really look back at your Spotify library or your Apple Music library and I don't know it just feels very like an authentic reflection of like who you are and I feel like we have talked a little bit about like I don't think we've talked on this podcast about it but just in like conversation we've talked about how we feel like playlists can be a bit of a soundtrack to your life so I feel like when you just leave it 
as it is in time then it's way like a way more like authentic soundtrack and you mm -hmm. can go back and look at it and like feel like it really represents like so many aspects of who you are and like different times in your life which i think is so cool for sure yeah, i love that and if you're not doing this, um, please put dates on your mm. playlist. Like, I, like, went back through and, like, put, like, you know, spring slash summer or, mm. like, whatever, then the year. I mean, because your memory isn't, like, you know, going to be 100% all the time. Mm. And, like, some will have, like, a really strong, like, correlation to, like, a something that you can, like, you know, date back to. But some are just going to be um, memories of you, you know in the car like driving to someplace or other mm -hmm. so if you put a date on your playlist and <laughs> you'll know when the, that is happening you know so it's not too late you know start doing it now <laughs> right there are some playlists for me that i've made that are so strong in my memory and i just have such a connection to them but then there are other playlists that are kind of the in-between of it all mm -hmm. and i feel like when you put a date on it it really helps like kind of define like what those in-between playlists were right then you can really identify it mm -hmm. i know a lot of people make playlists for every month of a year like they just like title it like the month and the year i don't do that i've always like kind of considered doing it but i also think that's a really smart method of making playlists i don't think you're necessarily tied down to only doing the monthly playlists because you could do a monthly playlist and then like other playlists on top of it but i think that's definitely another method of like you know timing your playlists right that's really smart mm -hmm. i feel like i would feel suffocated by the pressure of like you know cranking out a new playlist every like month right and just like what are you listening to like in the month of april it's like i don't know like <laughs> garbage i'm listening to whatever i was listening to in march you know like it's important to like make your own timetable but if you're looking for like more like you know consistent mm -hmm. intervals i think monthly would be like really smart sometimes i feel like i churn through music really quickly and so monthly mm -hmm. would like not be often enough and then other times i'm like really just like moseying along or like have kind of like been on the podcast grind instead mm -hmm. and so then i um you know there's like a desert of um podcasts i mean not podcasts of playlists for me yeah i feel like i don't know it can be like a very good like timetable to like set yourself to but i think for me personally um I like to play make playlists more in the moment or like when I like get the inspiration to make a playlist instead of, you know, making myself stick to a month. But mm -hmm. I think I think both methods can work for sure. Yeah. What do you think a complete playlist has? Like mm -hmm. what what are all your standards for like a playlist that you think has like covered all of your bases? That's an excellent question. I feel like um for a complete playlist I kind of like to do like an intro into because I was talking about earlier how I really base um, a lot of the playlists I make off of a couple songs that I feel really connected to at the time. So I typically will like to like put those songs at a climax of a playlist. I really think of it kind of as like a very classic story arc that you would learn in school. Like there's an intro. There's like, uh, there's the climax and then like, like the finale. So I typically like will intro a playlist and then like the climax will be whatever songs I feel like I'm basing it off of. Um, similar to Kelby, I don't typically go off of a song count, but I typically try to keep it around like a one to two hour range. Um, especially like 
for whenever I'm making a playlist for. Like, I'll make playlists for myself, but then sometimes I'll make playlists to send to friends. So it definitely depends on that. I like a good mix of genres. I don't know. It's, it's like a pretty simple formula, I feel like. But that's typically like what I kind of like to think of as like a full playlist. What about you? More early on in my playlist making, I like had kind of some different uh, standards that I wanted mm -hmm. playlists to make. I wanted um, a lot of mixture of like new music that had just been released mm -hmm. and then older music mm -hmm. that either I had been listening to for a long time and just like had never made it on a playlist or mm -hmm. that I knew had never made it on a playlist. Mm -hmm. So you know, older music, like nostalgic music, which was different, you know, like mm. I'm older music, I'm talking about like older music, mm. like music that came out in the 60s, 70s, 80s, so just like right. before my time. Um, <laughs> and then nostalgic music, which is like music I listened to, mm -hmm. like, you know, four or five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. And then I had like one, I always had a really difficult time like bringing country music mm. into my playlist. I actually yeah. like, you know, I love like combining genres and country music just like stuck out like a sore thumb. Um, it was just, it was really difficult for me to kind of include that and like make it like mesh well. Mm -hmm. And so I was just trying to include like one or two country songs mm -hmm. like at a certain point in my playlist that I felt like matched the vibe still but it was definitely like a different sound mm -hmm. and so that was like kind of a challenge I set for myself and then to be honest I started liking country music a lot more mm -hmm. <laughs> and then found it a lot easier to like I just had more like a greater breadth of country music to pull from and found right. it easier to kind of like you know put more country music into my playlist so that um, was originally you know a, a standard that I had set but then kind of you know wasn't didn't become as like necessary to like introduce country music into a playlist mm -hmm. i really prefer to bring like a heavy influence of like um music made by women yeah. and so especially if i end up with a lot of music made by men like on a playlist i it's important to me that like that is balanced out mm -hmm. by like the the women on that playlist like it's not a requirement for everyone i don't think it needs to be but for me i like it's important that like when I'm exploring new music, mm -hmm. that I am exploring music made by like not just men, because I right, feel like yeah. that music gets really popular. <laughs> oh, totally. And I think we were talking before we recorded this about both both Colleen and I really love rock, and I think have a huge like rock is a huge influence in mm -hmm. our, both of our musical tastes. Um, and Colleen was talking to me about how if you look at a list of like the best guitarists or like the best rock musicians or like rock musicians you should like listen to it's typically all men um and how like she in her listening has made a point to like seek out like the women in rock because like the women in rock like it's fantastic like you just cannot beat it right. like Joan Jett like heart like there's so much good stuff out there no and it's like I mean it, it is unfortunate that like you kind of have to dig a little bit more for mm. those kinds of artists and I think some people will kind of feel like you know no like I mean there's some really obvious examples of like you know women in rock like I don't know what you guys are talking about but I 
think that they're definitely more varied and like they're mm -hmm. few and far between, you know, like especially like, I mean, you've got Joan Jett, you know, and then you've got kind of a little bit later, but around the same time you got Lita Ford mm -hmm. and they were like originally in the same band. They were in the Runaways mm -hmm. and the Runaways, like the big thing was that they wanted to make, well, Joan Jett wanted to make like a, an all like girl rock band mm -hmm. because it didn't exist. Right. And so and you still had like these like amazing like women in like rock, you know, you mm -hmm. had like um, Debbie Harry mm -hmm. from uh, Blondie, who, yeah, like, and you had Susie Quattro, mm -hmm. who um, Joan Jett. And I mean, I'm inferring here it was a big influence on Joan Jett because mm -hmm. they talked right, so much about her in the in, in the, the movie. movie. So, but I mean, you really do have like these amazing women in rock. But I feel like they're overshadowed, and there's so few and far between. Whereas, mm -hmm. like with the Men in Rock, like you'd you'd really think that like women didn't make any rock and roll music, which yeah. just really isn't the case. Mm -mm. And even in like newer music, you know, like more like contemporary rock, you still kind of get like the burying of like women, or like they're called something else. Like that kind of rock music is always called something mm -hmm. else, which yeah. like you know, one of my top genres is always bubble grunge, <laughs> which is um, grunge music made by women. <laughs> And that's why they call it bubble grunge. <laughs> and so certainly, well, like, I think that there's some merit to, like, kind of creating those kinds of sub-genres mm -hmm. to really, like... I mean, people love a niche music genre, you know? Right. But when you do that, you do tend to, like, kind of fracture the, the sound in general and then kind of consider, you know, grunge music as music made by men and then mm -hmm. bubble grunge, you know, music made by women. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. I feel like seeking out women is very valuable, um, and mm -hmm. listening and consuming content made by women is extraordinarily valuable, and you will not regret it. It's true, especially in under rock and roll. Women make amazing rock and roll, you know? Like, Absolutely. Rock and roll was, was invented by a woman, so that's how you know, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, so another thing that we kind of wanted to touch on was talking about seasonal playlists we kind of talked a little bit about making playlists month to month um but i know a lot of people also make seasonal playlists um kelby do you make seasonal playlists i do make seasonal playlists but i make seasonal playlists not so much in the way that i will title them after mm -hmm. a particular season or anything like that and i don't um keep like a an overarching like seasonal playlist some mm -hmm. playlists end up kind of on like the transition between like seasons mm -hmm. But I do think seasons have different sounds. So I do base it off of like what kinds of sound. I feel like it's easiest to understand if I give like examples. Like I was talking about in the winter, I really do prefer like heavier synth. I think that that is like the best because in the winter, you know, you've got like a lot of like cool tones. It's cold outside. Like you've got a lot of like white and they're like, what do you want? Like you want like that like bold neon and like those mm -hmm. like beautiful like stark like colors is like a great like juxtaposition to like the soft like pillowy whiteness i mean we live right. in montana so it's a lot of snow um but so i mean if you don't have snow maybe you don't like share this experience but i just think the sound of the winter is like like very like synth pop and like mm, yeah any kind of synth pop i mean you've got like robin who does amazing synth pop if you don't listen to robin you are missing out yeah, and, get on it we love robin here right and like you know you can like use kind of like some of like the the 80s because the 80s mm -hmm. are just like bold and like you know crazy and like i love that sound for the winter so all my winter playlists tend to be pretty heavy on that i like fk twigs like she always ends up being mm -hmm. on my winter playlist because like her music is so like experimental that i just like think that you know getting like all bundled up and like listening to fk twigs like she's just like 
her music has the sharpness that like mm-hmm. of like stepping out into like the cold winter air. That's the kind of sound I look for in like a winter playlist. Right. What kind of music do you think is winter? I definitely like turn to some pop culture references when I think about like winter playlists. I do really like I think Nico has been like a huge influence in like kind of my winter listening as I've like started to curate my winter playlists. Um, I go back to music I, like, first listened to in winter. I know you had kind of mentioned, like, not on the podcast, but just mentioned to me in a conversation that, like, Miley Cyrus or, like, Plastic Hearts, like, was, like, on a winter playlist of yours, like, a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also really associate that playlist with winter. I don't know, like, what it is, but I just really feel like it has, like, such a sound of winter. Maybe it's because it's, like, such, like, a... It's certainly a storytelling album, but it's also, like, ultimately, like, a heartbreak album. And I feel like I typically tend to go, like, darker, more heartbreaky, like, in winter. It could just be, like, the seasonal depression, you know? <laughs> um, but I tend to go for that a little bit more. And also, I listened to that album for the first time. I think it came out at the end of, like, the year in December, maybe. So I think music that I listen to or music that came out in like the winter time mm-hmm. typically has like a really strong association for me for winter. I'll typically go to like, I really like kind of like music, like crooner kind of music in winter. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it sounds like a holiday like song oh, totally. without it being like a, like a Christmas song or something. Like right? it really does like, you know, what's that song? Is it Angel Eyes by, um, I think it's Ella Fitzgerald. Let me, I'm gonna, ch- uh, gonna fact check myself. Ella yeah. Fitzgerald. Because a lot of, like, the recordings of that music, it's, like, you can, like, hear, like, the static in it, and that feels, like, so wintry to me. Right, because the static is, like, snow. Right. That was correct. It was yeah. Angel Eyes by Ella Fitzgerald. That mm-hmm. song is so, like, wintry to me. Oh, totally. And it's heartbreaking. Um, it's a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Kelly had mentioned to me something about, like, a, str- a new strategy to making, like, a holiday playlist. Because mm-hmm. I think we both kind of recognize that there's a difference between making a seasonal winter playlist and making, like, a holiday playlist. So what was what was that strategy? Um, I will say I didn't invent this. I did see someone else mm-hmm. do something similar mm-hmm. where they had invented, like, well, not invented, sorry. <laughs> they had, they created like a winter playlist like but the point was that it was a winter playlist without being like a holiday playlist Mm -hmm. and I was like that's great but what if you could have the best of both worlds which is like where you kind of integrate a lot of the sound of holiday Mm -hmm. music or like the things that really remind you of holiday music Mm -hmm. like like the static or like maybe like the crooner like that's like very classic holiday music and so you kind of integrate those songs into your holiday playlist to kind of break up a little bit of the monotony of it you know, there are songs that mention winter, but also, like, songs that you have, like, a strong associations with winter, or you just think sound like they should be a Christmas song, but mm-hmm. they only promise that it's not about Christmas, or it's not about the holidays, or it's not, you know? Mm-hmm. And so kind of finding a way to integrate those. That's That was the general, like, theory behind it. Right, and I feel like that's a genius, because I tend to make a Christmas playlist every single year. I found myself, like, getting, like, really sick of, like, just listening to, like, the Christmas music all of the time. So I thought it was so genius to add just general winter music to it. And it still, 
brand it as a holiday playlist, but mm-hmm. give it some more variety. And I feel like that really adds to like the fullness of the playlist. Mm-hmm. But Kelby made one like Christmas playlist that incorporated this new strategy. And we listened to it to the other day and we were just like baking like Christmas cookies all day long. Um, and I thought it was like such an excellent playlist. I really loved it. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Very um, experimental. Do we want to run through the other seasons and kind of identify the kind of music we Mm -hmm. associate with that time? Okay, so we just talked about winter, so I guess we would move on to spring. Spring is a really tough (laughs) season for me. I have such a hard time like identifying specifically spring music because a lot like we mentioned that we are in Montana, and I think winter really drags very long into what typically people would have a spring Mm -hmm. i don't know i associate spring with like a very hopeful season um so i think my music will probably start to get a little bit more cheery um and like a little bit but it's so hard to identify like what i kind of turn to maybe i'll hop on my spotify and see what i've done in the past (laughs) um in my spring playlist i feel like i similarly like spring is an important season to me, you know? I mean, I'm, like, my birthday's in April, so obviously I'm, like, a spring baby. So you would think it kind of had, like, a stronger connection, but I feel like seasonally maybe there's just not as much, like, clear, like, music for it. And so I normally go, you know, I think about it in the way that, like, you know, the snow is melting, like, so... It tends to be a less intense version mm. of my winter playlist, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, like, if, like, my music, you know, is, like, really dark and synthy in the winter, then it'll still be probably pretty synthy, but a lot, like, you know, more, like, satirical or, like, funny mm-hmm. or, like, just, like... I think last year I made a whole playlist. I think I called it uh, Reproduction Literature. And the whole playlist was about sex. And I had gotten the inspiration because I was making fun of one of my friends' uh, sex playlists because uh, it was a horrible sex playlist. <laughs> like, I couldn't, I actually couldn't imagine um, doing anything to that song. Like, any of those songs. I was like, this is depressing. Um, What's the one on TikTok? They talk about, like, the, I don't know, whatever, like, that sex song was. Uh, yeah, it's like, burm, 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 burm. Yeah. <laughs> That's just all I'm imagining in this playlist yeah. was. It was, yeah, it was like that, but if that song was really sad, um, (laughs) I feel like we're alienating one of our listeners here, (laughs) but so so I had like, you know, listened to that and I was like, this is hilarious, but boy, do I have a great idea for a spring playlist, Mm -hmm. you know? I feel like if there's ever like a season to make like a playlist about sex, it's, um, spring mm-hmm. <laughs> feels very like right. like true to form and, like the birds and the bees right <laughs> so that was so that was kind of my inspiration for for that playlist i mean it's not that every time but right. i feel like you know it's a time for new beginnings it's mm-hmm. like a lot of like you know out with the old and with the new type mm-hmm. of thing so i think it's a great time to experiment with like the kind of playlist you're making mm-hmm indie pop in the spring um i really like indie pop um so that tends to be kind of spring but uh, looking through my spring playlist they are a little bit shorter um so that is a season i struggle to have a strong association with um i would say my summer playlists have the biggest like 
like scale of like what they could be like mm. like the biggest range maybe okay yeah and so like i can have really like high like energy like summer playlists mm-hmm. but those are normally kind of closer to like the middle and end of summer mm-hmm. where i'll do kind of like the like lighter happier music i mm. like country music in the summer i feel like country music yeah. in any other time is just wrong mm-hmm. it's almost sacrilege you know because yeah. i'm like you know you're not driving with the windows down in the winter like no one's doing that so mm-hmm. i don't want to listen to like other people you know sing about that but so i like country music in the summer so i tend to try and integrate that a little bit more i love i'm trying to think of the the bands i like in the right. summer i like um i like hip-hop in the summer i like um like alternative pop like mm-hmm. in the summer i think that it's a great time to like look into like even just like like pop pop i think mm-hmm. that um it tends to be like high energy and stuff especially like, if you're not looking for like the indie stuff then it tends to be like pretty like right. like a good time song and i think that those are you know i mean so mm-hmm. clearly this isn't my favorite um, genre of music <laughs> But what I really love is, like, a sad winter... No, sorry, a sad summer playlist. (laughs) Like, you know, like, Lana has that song, like, Summer Bummer or whatever. Uh That song, I feel like, captures the vibe Mm -hmm. of, like, the, like, somber summer. Like, you know, it's, like, your summer memories, but with, like, a blue filter Mm -hmm. over them. Mm -hmm. I love that music. I love that, like, genre of, like, summer songs that, like... Even, like, Weezer's White Album, I feel like there are some songs on there that Mm -hmm. are, like... Just, like, summer is, like, a bummer. Like, <laughs> this is, like... Like, I'm having a bad time. I love yeah. a moody summer. Like, I just think it's such, like, a brilliant, like, juxtaposition to, like, mm-hmm. what, like, you would normally listen to in the summer. Like, I right. mean, everybody loves, like, a good time song. But something about, like, someone, like, it's like, hey, like, will you, like, put put some music on? And, like, you just play, like, the saddest, <laughs> like, like, summer songs they've ever heard. And they're like, wow. <laughs> This is great. Oh. But I think it's really, like, it's a great time to, like, experiment with that, though. Right. You know? you Like, if you're making multiple summer playlists, like, you should try to make at least one that's, like, a real bummer. Like, it's going to bum you out. It's going to be, like, some of the best lyrics you've ever heard, you know? Right. I feel like that's, like, so smart. Because usually, like, I don't know, the past, like, how many ever summers I've had have been, like, terrible summers. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, like, kind of, like, nice to just bask in the reality of, like, the summer season just being kind of shitty. Yeah, there's such, like, high expectations for it, too. Oh, like, totally. you think it's gonna be, like, such a, like, a good time boy, you know? And it's not. It's, it's such not. a it's bummer. It's a bad time boy. Yeah, it's a bad time boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, but very similar to you, I tend to really lean into country music in, like, the summer. I love, like... I really love, I think I end up feeling really nostalgic for music I've been, like, was listening to in high school or middle school, like, during summertime. Um, I tend to especially go back to, like, boy band nostalgia in the summertime. Mm -hmm. Like, I love Jonas Brothers in the summertime. (laughs) I love, like, Five Sauce in the summertime. Um, I just, I, I just think it's so excellent. I don't know. It just really brings back... So many like memories of just like growing up mm-hmm. and it feels I don't know I feel like I have a lot of nostalgia for coming of age in the summer mm-hmm. so that's why I think I probably lean so much into this like nostalgic music or like kind of poppy nostalgic music especially so I really love that I like I'm racking my brain and I don't know if I made like 
a sad playlist. Actually, I did. I remember I made like a playlist um, in the summer because I have a summer birthday. Um, and I made like a bummer playlist. I think I called it like turning 20 and other things to cry about. Um, and it was just like a bummer playlist because I was like not pleased about turning 20. I was like, God, this sucks. (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? Um, it is a milestone and at the same time, not a milestone. It's like, it's the most like, uh, you know, like, I don't know. Turning 20 was tough. It's certainly lackluster. Like, 21 is a much better birthday. And, like, I think the 20s beyond that are, like, you know, it's only up from there. But certainly, 20 is a hard landmark. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember, like, I listened to that playlist for, like, the whole month before my birthday. Like, making, like, the summer bummer playlist, like, you were talking about, it was, like, very, very gratifying. No kidding. It's, like, Um, cathartic. (laughs) Oh, totally. I feel like it's just, like, really acknowledging, like... That summer, like, is not the best season of all time. Um, so I did really like that. I'm glad that you mentioned that. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't think I really acknowledged how, like, or, like, I don't know, probably, like, how therapeutic, like, making, like, a sad playlist in the, th- like, in the summertime can be. Okay. Um, then moving into fall, my favorite season. I'm kidding. My favorite season as well. Huh? <laughs> Definitely. I feel like they're the strongest associations mm-hmm. with, like, music in the fall, I think that pop culture really loves um, right? fall and music together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I lean heavy into like pop culture references in the fall. A couple of falls ago, I made a playlist and I kind of based it heavily on some of the soundtrack from like Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love doing that because like Beetlejuice has like a very good soundtrack when you think <laughs> about it. Um, so it was really fun to play into it because like they have. Honestly, like, a lot of, like, the songs in Beetlejuice were, like, upper songs, so mm-hmm. it's kind of fun to, like, make upper songs in my fall playlist. Um, so I love using pop culture music or music from, like, fall shows or fall movies. I love... I really love punk in the fall. Um, I made a playlist, I think, last year, and I called it, like, Back to School Bummer, mm-hmm. and it was just, like, just, like, this angsty, like, <laughs> punk music. Um, I think it had, like, a lot of willow in it. It was, I don't know, it was just, like, really nice to, like, listen to, like, as I was, like, in, like, the back-to-school season. Because I think the back-to-school season can be, like, really exciting, but it's also just, like, I don't know, there's a lot of weight to it, I feel. So I really love incorporating punk in my fall, um, like, playlists. Or, like, punk-adjacent music, too. A great back-to-school, like genre right i feel like in high school i used to listen to the muse song i'm not saying muse is punk it's not but they, <laughs> they have that song like panic station right and i used to listen to panic station like my headphones in high school and that just reminds me of like kind of like that that angsty headspace you're in like like everything means everything you know like right? there's just like not a break in sight <laughs> um i think okay also in like the fall i kind of circle back to a lot of, like, I start to, like, get more into, like, the sadder music more. I really love exploring that in the fall. But not necessarily, like, like the same kind of sad music I listen to during winter. Like, I I feel like I listen to, like, a lot of, like, Taylor Swift's, like, really, like, quiet, like... Like, more melodic. Right. Like, I think there's a heavy influence of, like, lyrics in the mm-hmm. fall. Totally. 
like that becomes more important than like the general right. vibe. I think I think Phoebe Bridgers like definitely has like a huge like influence mm-hmm. on like my fall music. Right, some indie music. Right, kind of softer like classic rock in the fall too. Mm-hmm. Um, like probably like the Beatles like have an, like a heavy influence in like my fall music with like a lot of like their quiet like soft stuff. Right, um, it's kind of sounding like a lot of nostalgia. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like. There's, like, a ton of influences in the fall. So I definitely make a lot of different fall playlists. Uh, what do you tend to, like, put in your fall playlists? Um, I love folk music in the fall. Mm. Like, But folk music for me, like, especially, like, you don't know, alternative folk or, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, folk rock and, like, that kind of thing. That's kind of what my dad would listen to a lot. And so I've always, like, that music is always very, like, nostalgic to me. And I love the sound of it. And I like, you know, discovering new artists. And so I tend to include a lot of that. So it ends up being, you know, the Ava Brothers, mm. like Ray Lamontine. <laughs> <ends up, laughs> yes. You know, uh, some like country music, you know, I think that folk like music and country music tend, mm-hmm. like there can be a lot of overlap there. So oh, totally. country music tends to get incorporated. And I love, like you were saying, like kind of the indie music, mm-hmm. like uh, Amy Mann stuff always ends up on my playlist. Like in the fall, I love her. If you don't listen to her music, you really should. But... Like, you've got, I mean, Bonnie Vare is, like, oh, I mean, totally. a great, a great it's winter um, yeah. option, too, but definitely, like, a great fall if you're looking for that. Carol King, like, oh, anything totally. just, like, like, heavy and, like, like, beautiful and melodic oh. and, like, just, you know, really, like, grounds mm-hmm. you to the earth a little bit. Right. And I think that that's kind of what I, what I kind of look for mm-hmm. in fall. I love old music in the fall. Mm-hmm. I love... 70s music 60s music i love mamas and the papas like mm, they yeah. just like something like almost religious about like <laughs> you know how often i go back to the mamas and the papas for like my fall like playlist right. i mean you got like simon and garfunkel i love father john misty for like the fall mm-hmm. like there's just all sorts of like great fall music and i think it really does like in large part have to do with like the kind of pop culture that surrounds mm-hmm. it i say gilmore girls in the fall like i mean they have like you know theirs is like seasonal too like mm-hmm. that's the whole point is that they kind of go through all the seasons but fall is always like the most poignant i think mm-hmm. and they have like um what's the song um like our little corner of the world or my right. little corner of the world i mean yeah my little corner of the world by yola tango Mm-hmm. But that, I think, is in the first, maybe the first episode, mm-hmm. or one of, like, the first episodes in Gilmore Girls, and I always think of that song when I think of mm-hmm. fall music. It's, like, very, like, you know, heavily associated with that mm-hmm. season. So, songs that sound like that, I think, right. really capture fall's essence. No, I'm glad that you brought up, like, Simon and Garfunkel, because I do feel like Paul Simon has, like, such an influence in, like, yeah. fall music. It's, like, crazy. It's crazy. I just, like, hey, Paul, how's it right? going? I know. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, Only Living Man in New York. Like, right. that song. and love like, that song in the fall. Like, me and Julio. Like, down... Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if that's, like, the full title. Like, full Julio, title. Down by the school year. Right? Like, I think... <laughs> maybe, like, the thing about, like, Paul Simon and, like, the fall is it's, like, very, like, heavy instrumental. Mm-hmm. Like, I, he has, like, such, like, heavy trumpet, like, in a lot of his songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I don't know. And the lyrics, oh, you know? Totally. like. Like, he's, like, 
I've got all the news I need on the weather mm-hmm. report. Like, right? something about, like, the weather dictating, like, how he feels. Oh, totally. And he's like, I know what kind of a day it's going to be. Or I know, like, the way of the world because mm-hmm. I, I watch the weather report. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, it's blue skies. Or I know it's going to rain all day. Mm-hmm. Or I know, you know. And there's something about it. Like, it's right? just really tends to capture, like, the air of, like, fall. Because, you know, it could be, like, a beautiful sunny day. Right? Or it could be, like, wind. Or it could be, like, rain. It could uh-huh. be anything. And, like, you're going to know based on the weather report, you know? Yeah, that's genius. Now that I think about it, I think Stevie Wonder plays like a huge um, mm-hmm. like influence in my fall music, um, and that's probably like very relational to like being nostalgic about like a certain time in my life. Because mm-hmm. um, in um, I was in my high school marching band. Wow. Um, I played the clarinet. Oh. I made Olivia promise that if I ever couldn't do an episode, she'd do a clarinet episode with our other friend who used to play clarinet. And we will. You guys, you guys can just let us know. Yeah. yeah. Let us know what you want. Yeah, we'll talk all about the clarinet. Um, but, like, my high school marching band did, like, the Stevie Wonder show. And it was seriously, like, the most iconic show of all time. Um, it was so much fun. And I feel like every kid went through like a Stevie Wonder phase, you know? Right. Like if you weren't listening totally. to Science Soul Delivered over yeah, right. and over again, like yeah. what were you doing? Yeah, I feel like like hot chocolate has like a very like heavy yeah. like fall influence for me. <laughs> I love a good fall playlist. I think when I think about transitioning in like back into like the winter, I typically like will listen to a lot of ballads. Like, when I'm, like, transitioning, like... Like, How Do I Get You Alone by right? heart. Like, that's, yeah. like, or, like... Right. It's all coming back to me now. Like, what? That's not the Celine Dion right. song. What's it called? No. <laughs> something. Something like that. You guys know the one. But it's, like, all just, like, very dramatic. Right. And I feel like... I don't typically, like, tend to notice, like, the transitioning of seasons, like, musically. But, like, fall into winter has, like, a very clear, like, musical transition. And it's typically, like, defined a lot by ballads. Like, mm-hmm. I think... I don't know. Would you call, like, November Rain, like, a ballad? Yeah. Yeah. I certainly yeah. would. Okay, that's considering. For some reason, I just got really nervous that I was going to call November Rain a ballad, and it wasn't a ballad. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's a ballad. Yeah. Um, that, like, that is, like, year after year, I come back to November Rain. Um, and probably because it's, like, you know, defined by a month. Um, it really signifies, like, the changing of the seasons to me, so... I know the song November Rain, but every time anyone says November Rain, I think of the song Purple Rain. Mm, and so yeah. it's just the song like Purple Rain. I'm like, ah, November Rain, Purple Rain, Purple Rain. <laughs> but. <laughs> All right, well, I think that was a very good summary of kind of like how we each curate our playlists um, as well as kind of like the different seasonal playlists. For both of us, maybe seasonal playlists, like, play, like, maybe, like, a larger role in, like, playlist making, like, Mm -hmm. year to year. I would say if there's, like, one thing to take from this episode is that it's really worthwhile to, like, um... I did say worthwhile. I do think that's not what the word is. Is it worthwhile? There we go. Uh (laughs) To uh, experiment with your playlist. Mm -hmm. I think that... You know, every once in a while, you're going to make kind of a playlist that you don't really like, mm-hmm. which is okay. I th- I say, like, make it and then, like, leave it. You know, you don't have to return to it necessarily. Like, that's okay. I have playlists that, honestly, I've made and I don't like. I never listen to. And sometimes I poach the songs from it because uh, <laughs> I know that it's never, ever, ever going to get any action. And so I just take the songs, which I'm normally against. But um, some of those playlists, you know. But sometimes you just have to make the art to get it out of you and then um, move on. 
but I think it's so worth it to experiment with the kinds of playlists you make to like try maybe a genre you don't know a lot about and it really like helps you kind of get into it and start exploring like the music other people like from that particular genre and I think that you know not every playlist has to be a great playlist but you know if you keep making playlists you're bound to have a great playlist right or several dare I say several great playlists several <laughs> one after the other after the no other kidding. so make you know a summer bummer playlist if you want you know yeah. make a sad playlist for your birthday sometimes that's just like you know the vibe make us make, make a sprite playlist even. yeah if you could make one that um actually we want to introduce our um <laughs> our advertisers of uh, in this podcast yeah. and it's just sprite but winter spice cranberry sprite yeah um, take, you know, look out for Otter Spotify's because our winter, our Sprite Winter Spiced Cranberry playlist is coming to you soon. Yeah. Yeah. You must believe that there's going to be a lot of static in that playlist. Get ready for so much static. Yeah. All right. Um, well, we'll see you guys, um, next episode. Um, yeah. We're, we'll be talking more and more about Sprite. <laughs>